Hello, welcome to Codependent and Shit, conscious dating and relating from a person. (laughs) Hi guys, I'm back after I haven't been recording and I have a lot to explain as to why I haven't been recording. Um, But you know what? I first want to say that I should just call my last episode that was called... I'm going to rename it. I think I can do that. I called it why <clears throat> why not everyone's not a narcissist and you are toxic too. Is this far from true? No. Very true. But I think I shall rename that episode me gaslighting myself because that's exactly what I was doing in that, in that whole episode. I was gaslighting myself because yes, when you get into a relationship with a narcissist, you will even gaslight yourself. So here's my confession. I'm so not proud of this and I'm just here to talk about it because I think it will help me. Hopefully it will help someone else. Um, I was fooled. I was manipulated. I was tricked into another relationship with a, with a narcissist. Um, does he have a diagnosis? No, but does he match the criteria? 100%. Um, I don't I don't even want to I don't even want to go back and listen to that episode. I just know what based off <laughs> what I titled it, I know what I was doing and I I how I witnessed myself since I got with this person. Um that was me trying to take blame for the the things in that relationship <clears throat> that I knew were wrong from the jump and instead of just believing my gut, I wanted to believe that this person wasn't um, a manipulator, a, a narc. Um, I wanted to believe I didn't fall into that trap again because here I am. I have a podcast about this stuff, about codependency, about narcissism, about healing these emotional things. And I'm still experiencing it. I still get looped in. I still fall into narcs. I do. And you know what? He used that against me even once um, when we were fighting. He said that. He's, he used that against me. He said, you have a podcast and you're so codependent, blah, 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 you know, because he was trying to tear me down anytime there was a disagreement, just saying awful things. So he even went there and, you know, he, he, he has a point. I do have a podcast, but if he actually ever fucking listened to my podcast, which he didn't, he would know how often I mentioned to you guys that I am not some immaculately healed person. I'm not a a doctor. I'm I'm just a person like you guys that's just really well-versed in this shit that talks about this shit and talks about my experience healing this shit without a ton of professionals. I don't fucking know. So I've never tried to say I'm above anyone because look it, I just found myself, I think, with potentially the worst one yet. Um, And I just want to talk about how sneaky it was, although it wasn't, it was kind of gut in my gut from, I'm not kidding, the second time I saw him, I knew something wasn't right and that this person had toxic traits and I still, I wanted to stay and that is the trauma bond and that there's, I'll go into detail, okay, but I just want to bring up some things that I have come to light now that it's over that I've realized were 
totally red flags and I didn't even realize them at the time. Like, since we broke up, um, somebody asked me, did he isolate you? And I said, no, because this man would say all the time, um, I want you to have a life. I want you to have friends. But his actions didn't line up with that because this person never wanted to be without me. He wanted to spend all of his free time with me. And if I wanted space, if I wanted uh, two days of him not being with me, he would, I'd sense this attitude, this air of like having an attitude or he'd say he's having a really bad day. He's depressed. So I'd feel obligated. One time I was like, oh, come over. I'll cook you dinner because he was so depressed out of nowhere. And I, you know, I'm, I've still struggled with being codependent, but I'm nurturing. I'm a mother. I'm a female. So if the person I'm in a relationship with says that I'm going to do what I feel I need to do to make them feel better because that's what a a partner that genuinely cares does and you know he would find his way to come back over and sometimes I wouldn't even ask him or he wouldn't do that he would but he would find a way to come back to my house uh, my apartment whatever um, it was really sneaky and I didn't realize that it was very, it was kind of forceful with, without being very directly. And I just was like, okay, he just wants to spend time with me because, you know, he loves me, whatever. But really it was control. It was having control and it was um, isolating me. I didn't, I lost myself completely in this relationship and that is exactly what the narcissist wants you to do they want you to lose yourself your sense of identity and likely because that identity is attached to having a backbone and strength to know what's right and wrong to stand up for yourself I'm not a weak person I'm not a weak female I'm actually like quite the opposite I've always been known to be that way but it's actually sickening to see what being with this person for just a handful of months did to me it changed me because I even went back and found like screenshots I had taken from the first time I tried to leave in December and the way I interacted with him when he was gaslighting me and saying you're delusional blah 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 after he had like a blown up about nothing um I was so strong I was still so strong then. That's why I was trying to leave. I was like, fuck this. This guy's nuts. And I was like, this guy's a narcissist. He has like all the signs. He has signs. Very early on, but I saw enough red flags. And I was really strong. And just seeing the way I used to respond compared to how I, I started to handle the fights as of like this year, more recent, is scary is he totally chipped away at that part of me that strong part of me and I really started to believe that I was the problem that's what's so fucking scary about dating these people is they are so good at manipulating you into thinking that you are the problem and then you start to contort yourself to be better you think if I do this maybe the relationship will be better and so I did that too I started to change things about me um, oh, a huge thing was I quit smoking cannabis, which I needed to regardless. So I will say that's like a plus I got out of this or I needed to cut back substantially. Um, but I 
I stopped drinking. I stopped um, smoking weed because I was like, okay, maybe this is going to help. This is going to help the relationship. Maybe, like, he's right. I need to do this. I need to do this. What the fuck? No, I don't need to do that. I, I shouldn't be able, I should be able to have a glass of wine at dinner. If I'm not the type that spirals out of control, have I before? Yes. Have I had five martinis and smashed a window in the last year? Yeah, I have. But <laughs> um, <laughs> someone's car. Um, it's not, it's not good. It's not okay. And I don't drink martinis since that. I don't really drink liquor, but like, am I a person that can't have a glass of wine at dinner? No, I can have a glass of wine at dinner and I've never, I can stop. I don't fly off the handle every time. Um, I can say that there's points of life when you're in grief or something hard that you should probably quit drinking completely. And so I thought this is probably a good time. Cause yeah, I'm still in grief about my mom. Um, well, that's another thing I need to bring up, but <clears throat> It was sick how I was manipulated that I, like, needed to do all these things to meet his expectations. Like, once we went on a weekend trip to Malibu, and he he told me I was allowed to have two glasses of wine at dinner. I was allowed to have two glasses of wine or on the trip. And I let him do that. I was like, okay... And I had my two glasses and I sipped them very slow to make it, you know, last because I was only allowed two. And the fact I even agree to that is so, so fucking gross. But it's seriously, I'm just saying, man, this brainwash is so scary. And the sooner you get out, when you see these red flags, the better because it only gets worse and it only starts to fuck with your head more. I me and this person would break up every two weeks, if that, maybe even less. Um, since the cannabis was out of the picture, it was even, uh, it was even worse (laughs) because I think there was nothing to hold him back from his rage. And I think that weed kind of helped him. So once we both weren't smoking weed, it was even worse. It was three fights in a week and it was always him, you know, like snapping at me That was the common theme was like these severe overreactions to things like severely overreacting and snapping at dumb little trivial things. And I would get upset back and then it would all be spun on me. Like you're crazy. You're making a big deal out of this. You're this, you're that. And In the beginning, like I said, when I first tried to leave and I was strong, I was done. I was really done um, in December. And he did what they do. This is what they fucking do. They come back with a great story. Really convincing. They're great manipulators. They come back with a great story and they are like, I'm going to get help. He cried. He played on my emotions oh just like acted like he wouldn't he didn't want to lose the best chick he's ever met and all this shit man and I fell for it and the only thing I regret about this relationship is that I didn't leave sooner but thank god I only spent a handful of months doing this instead of years of my life because I honestly think it was going to get so much worse, um, potentially dangerous. No joke. 
there was something that's what's not even okay about this is like there's narcissists but there are also sociopaths and he has sociopath traits and that's so fucking scary and I've never dated someone where I felt on edge about breaking up so that's lovely but something I want to mention um is when we had our fights and I want anyone that's experiences this if they're in a relationship and you have an argument with your partner there are ways to have healthy arguments arguments and disagreements are actually healthy it is part of a relationship should they be happening every day every week every two weeks no probably not but it's normal because you're separate people you have separate views and perceptions and it's normal and there's and you know what normal healthy people do they have safe Fair fights, okay? You're fair. If they're explosive fights, if this person is calling you names, is saying, belittling you just to nothing, is just attacking you, they suddenly have a laundry list of all the things wrong with you that you always do and why you're so terrible, this is emotional abuse. This is not a healthy argument. This is someone that is emotionally abusive. And... I just don't know how I even could take it and not leave. Like, he would come back and, you know, say, like, I'm going to get help. But I I would try to forget what he had said when he was angry, which he said the most awful things. It used to be name-calling, which got a little better, but it was still, like, you know, would attack my me as a person, what I do for my job, what I do every day. Do you have anything outside of this relationship? Um, but the wo- the most disgusting thing that he would say repeatedly was he would bring up my mom and my mom's death and that um, my grief around that. He would mock me. He would say, "Oh, you're always so depressed. Just poor me. My mom died. Poor me." He would he would get really like annoyed with my grief um, because my mom died not even a year ago. She dropped dead out of fucking nowhere. Um, and I actually only met this person. My cousin set me up, but I only agreed to even meet this guy because I knew he had lost his mom too. And I thought, okay, this is a person that understands what I'm going through. I'm not going to have to like try to explain something that they don't understand. He's going to like understand when I have a grief day because I still have those. I have days where I'm not that functional. And so... I agreed to meet this guy because of that. And all what happened was he painted a picture. He loved bombed me. He acted like Prince Charming. He was incredibly good looking. And I just thought, oh, this was like an answered prayer. And he acted like he was sympathetic about my mom. And he, he acted like so many things. And I literally was into a fantasy. It was not real. And he showed his true colors show like just bouts of small parts but it was started to show and the anger and the rage and the just unstable is that even a word instability um was was very obvious more and more and then it, it came down to me really being like am I happy and I wasn't happy I found myself not wanting to spend my time with him I just felt like kind of stuck And that's a trauma bond. It's like you don't even like them, 
because I had that feeling a lot. I would be like, I don't even like this dude. I don't even fucking like him. He's so arrogant, so obsessed with himself. Looking himself in the mirror is gross. And I would just be annoyed a lot of the time. But I still felt like I I didn't want to let him go. And that's a trauma bond. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. It's really eerily fucked up that my favorite princess, you know, we all had our, our Disney character princesses that we liked, right? Even though all those princesses in Disney completely fucking mind fucked us. Excuse my language. I'm, I'm a little feisty. <laughs> um, we all ha- we all were taught like like these princesses. My favorite princess, of course, was Belle. Belle from Stockholm Syndrome, Beauty and the Beast. She fell in love with her captor. She loved her abuser. He was awful. He was this nasty, mean beast, right? That was always my thing, Beauty and the Beast. And growing up, that's how it felt in my home. My mom was a beast. Um, I'm probably gonna get emotional, but. Something I had to realize um, is what I did when my mom died, I found a version of her. Literally, this person is like her with um, as a man. And that sounds kind of weird because it was my, ro- my partner, my romantic partner. But over time, the similarities in their behavior, um, the way they would treat me, the cyclical... You know, the cycle of the abuse and the uh, coming back and being so loving and kind um, was just like my mom. So subconsciously, um, my abuser died in May last year. And then I went and got into a relationship where I replayed that entire dynamic with someone else. And I know why it was hard to leave. Because... um, I was trauma bonded to this person. I found a new version of my mom because I always wanted to believe my mom loved me. Um, I always wanted to believe this nice person she would be sometimes. I wanted to believe that was really her. But there was a ton of abuse, emotional abuse for years and years and years that I um, tolerated. And I couldn't get away And I was bonded to my mom through more than just her being my mom. It was like, sometimes I lived with her and either way she needed, I needed her financial help. And then with my son, she set it up so that I would be stuck with her. Um, And that's what this person would try to do too. He was trying to move in with me right away. And thankfully I have some boundaries. So I did not let any of that happen. I am not binded to this person in any way. And I was not on board with any moving in together, but he practically was trying to live with me right away. He would say it, and I should have saw it as a red flag, but yeah, it's it's literally how, it's scary how we'll replay these dynamics um, with our original abusers. And why are so many parents fucking abusive? Why are all these people so fucked up? Like, why are there so many narcissists that have narcissist parents, narcissist grandparents, Everyone's so fucked up. And I won't say those these people, it's their fault. You know, they only know what they were taught. They didn't have the ability to get on the computer and look things up. They didn't know what emotional abuse was, emotional neglect, narcissistic abuse, domestic violence. They couldn't hop on and look this shit up and go find a support group, anything. They had no knowledge, so they didn't know 
anything else. But we do. We live in a time when you can get on and you can learn what the fuck is wrong with you, what the fuck is wrong with these people, and do something about it. And it is your responsibility now, because we have these options, to heal this stuff and stop it. And it doesn't stop until it stops. There's going to be a pull. You're still going to feel that pull. Even when you know they're fucking awful for you. That they're terrible. That this activation in your nervous system is just a subconscious addiction. But you have to know the reality. And that you have to. It doesn't stop until you stop it. You make it stop. And I wholeheartedly believe we all deserve happiness. We deserve safe, stable relationships. And you will not have that until you let these things go. And low-key, I think God put this in my way, my path to test me. To see if I was going to do this again. Am I going to let, am I going to let this new, this new abuser with a different face run my life, ruin my life again? Like I have been my whole life while I was doing with my mom? Or am I going to stop it? Am I going to be strong and let this go and pick what I know I deserve? It's self-worth over everything. And these people chip away at your self-worth because it's part of their tactic. Because if they make you feel weak, you won't leave. If they, bring, if they gaslight you enough, you'll start to believe it. And you'll start to question your identity and you have no sense of self. That sense of self can't pick up and leave. You'll take them back. This fucking dude would seriously break up with me every... I don't think I ever actually was the one to break it off except that first time. Every time it was him. And then within a day, he would call me. Or two days, whatever. It was like clockwork. They always... They come back. It's all a game. This is another thing I want people to to know and watch out for is these empty threats. He always would leave empty threats. If we, if I did something that upset him, he didn't like, which usually was I wasn't tolerating his shit. When you aren't tolerating their shit and their abuse, they will get mad and they will probably punish you. And my punishments would always be threats, empty threats. He'd be like, I'll see you next week. I'm going to take the weekend. He knew I had an abandonment wound. He knew all my vulnerabilities. He knew my weak spots. And he would exploit those and would play off them to control me. He would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. I'll see you next week. We need time. And early on, I would believe him and that would, it would hurt. I'd be like, oh, he's going to leave me. And then I started to realize that he never meant these things because he would be wanting to come right back over the next fucking day. And I was like... What the fuck? Like, why does he... He doesn't doesn't mean any of these things. He's literally full of shit. His words and actions do not align, like, a majority of the time. And that was also really unattractive, because that's not a fucking healthy masculine man. That's pathetic. And then this is a dumb little thing, but just noticing, like, little lies. Um, Like, he was doing this challenge for because he's a fitness trainer and he's doing this like hard 75 challenge and he was doing it with a group of other trainers at his gym and so it's a pretty gnarly challenge you're supposed to like read a book or 10 pages of a book every day you're on a certain diet you don't eat sweets 
You work out two times a day. One workout's outdoors. It's like this like really strict regimen, okay? And he started doing it and was like doing it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, do you? I'm not doing all that shit right now. Like, I need my sweets. Um, but I saw him not doing it. He was not following it. But then he would post on Instagram, like, day 15, like, on his app, he would track it, just for show, just to act like he was doing it. And, like, he did some of it, but I never saw this motherfucker open a book. So full of shit. Just putting on this facade. It's just an image. He was so obsessed with how he appeared to people. Once early on, he made a remark about how good it would sound. At his funeral, that he was a stepdad, that he came in and uh, saved these this this woman and her kid saved us. Jesus Christ, uh, I couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, <clears throat> and how good it would sound! What a noble man he would sound like. And I was like, oh my god, that doesn't sound right. Why does he care more about what it would sound like at his funeral? Shouldn't you want to do that because? you care about these people it's seriously scary to realize you didn't know someone at all and that I don't even know the extent of how crazy how much further this could have went but I will say that um it wasn't physical to begin with he never hit me but he did start to get more um physical when he was angry with like objects like um he when he was really mad one night he split my bag in half he ripped it ripped my bag in half broke my compact mirror um he punched the wall he would start throwing things and these are things I wrote off because I'm not gonna lie I myself have some anger issues and I used to do a lot of this stuff Usually when I'd be fighting with my mom, she would just get me so angry because she's so violent and attacking. I would throw things. And I learned that from her too. She would she was a thrower. My mom used to fucking go around the house and throw everything off every counter. The cops would come. They thought she was beating us. The neighbors did. And <clears throat> this was a theme. So this was a common behavior. Like I've seen this in my mom. I saw this in this person. I even had, so I kind of would write those off though. I was like, okay, well, I can't get mad because I do those things sometimes, but I really don't anymore. I don't get that mad. The the only person that's gotten me that mad was this dude where I was throwing things again, but nothing crazy. But regardless, I was trying to like make excuses for him and he's a vet. He's an Iraq veteran. So I would start trying to have sympathy and say, oh my God, he has PTSD. He, he, uh, and he told me that early on too. And I asked, what does that look like for you? Like, I need to know what you exhibit, what signs. And he didn't really answer it. It became more apparent to me. I figured those things out myself. But someone being a combat veteran does not make, and then it's not, it doesn't make it okay for them to abuse you. Yeah, it's sad that these people go fight for our country and experience a really insane environment that most of us cannot even fathom where you're on edge 24 hours a day, seven days a week where you're at because you are always at risk of being attacked i can't fathom that most people can't but it doesn't make it okay that these people come back and get into relationships and abuse people and 
like I said, I tried to have compassion. I tried to help him get help. He didn't want to really do that. He only would want to get help, it seems, to appease me. We tried couples counseling. It didn't even, we never even actually got to start. I'm not kidding. We didn't even start couples counseling. We did individual sessions and then it just fucking exploded. He wasn't trying to go for himself. He was going to keep me manipulated, to make me think he cares and he wants to change. He doesn't want to fucking change. So anyways, I was trying to get him help with veterans assistance, just everything. And I understand that there is some compassion we should have for people that are have been abused, that have been in crazy traumatic situations like war, but we also have to have boundaries with ourselves. There's only so much compassion we can have where there's a line where we have to be like, okay, uh, but I'm suffering. Like, I'm not happy. And I have a son. I have a son. And I'm not putting my son around this shit. I'm not having my son hear me get yelled at. Fuck that shit. If you came from a chaotic home, it's your job to make a safe home for your kid. You're, don't put your kids in the same dynamic and scenarios that you went through. You have the resources. You have this podcast. You have every podcast. There's so many because I've been listening to them <laughs> about this stuff. You have the knowledge and knowledge is power. And you have the power now to stop this shit. It takes will and it takes self-confidence and self-worth to stop it. To make it stop and decide, I choose myself. I choose me. I choose my kids. I choose my future kids to not put them through this and keep this cycle going. Where we have these people running rampant who are so disconnected from themselves that they do not know how to love others because they are so far from being able to love themselves. They are so far gone. A narcissist, I fully believe, is demonic. I believe there's something demonic. It's spiritual warfare. There is something very demonic about narcissism, sociopaths, because the fact they don't have empathy and that part of them is shut off is so fucking scary and dark because that is, that is Nate, that's human nature. (sighs) Okay. I don't know what else I really wanted to say about this, um, Obviously, I'm trying really hard not to beat myself up, but I keep having thoughts of like, how did you not, like, why didn't you leave sooner, Ashley? Why, you know, what were you thinking? You knew, like, and things I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I realize that and realize how weird it was that he said that or stuff like that. I, I'm trying not to get caught up in that, but focus on, like I said, it's a handful of months. It was, I got really quicker and better at recognizing it because before I've taken way longer the average time it takes a person to leave an abusive relationship is 10 years 10 years don't let yourself be part of that statistic that's a decade I'm 30 years old I'm in my fucking prime right now I am not out here going to get locked into another abusive trauma bond relationship hell to the no Oh my gosh. Like, what are, what, what am I, like, what? It's just so irritating. <laughs> but, um, if you feel yourself identifying with these things I'm talking about, if it sounds eerily like your partner, I would say that you should really consider leaving 
because it's all abuse. And I think a lot of people think abuse is only violent, like it's hitting. And if you're not getting hit, you're not being abused. But that's not true at all. Emotional, verbal, um, mental abuse is so just as bad. It is just as bad and it will chip away at you internally on your mental health, on your on your overall health. It's just as bad. It's seriously not okay and you have to get out. You have to get out. The sooner you get out, the better because it only gets worse. I think narcissism is so demonic and dark because their fact that it's like almost impossible to cure, like there's no hope. Like, if you look up, oh, can they get cured because their treatment, yeah. And it, what I, from what I've read, it's like years and years of psychological help they have to get. So I don't even know that there is a, a way out of it. I think maybe, I mean, I've never heard any success stories, but for me, I think a relationship with God is the only thing that could truly, well, at least for me and a lot of people I've seen, is like a supernatural thing that exists in this world, is having a relationship with God, which I identify as Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. Um, Oh, that's another thing. He would... Whoa, I have to tell you guys this part. When we met, he knew I'm a Christian, right? Fairly new Christian, but I'm pretty on board with it. Like, go to church, do all the things. I told him, hey, like, if I'm in a relationship, I want God to be a part of my relationship. He said, yeah, I'm totally on board. This guy dressed up came to church with me, acted like he was like, a re- I'm a Christian man, like all into the sermon. I'm thinking, oh my God, I found this Christian guy. Dude, all fake, all for show. Because by the end of the relationship, he was, sh- anytime we had an argument, he was shaming me for being a Christian. He shamed me about my the Bible. He'd say, oh, why don't you pray to your sky, the sky, that man in the sky? Why do you blame things for the man in the sky? And oh, do all your Christian shit and all this woo-woo, blah, 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 just talking down on it so much. And I was like, aren't you the one that went to church with me? Like, I only I only pursued this because I thought you were, like, on board. Like, you wanted a relationship with God. So that was all part of the image to hook me. It's fucking scary what people will do to get you, to sink their teeth into you. But I was saying that. I do still firmly believe that a relationship with God is the way out of this stuff because it is the only thing I witnessed that provides supernatural healing and knowledge. I tried everything else in the book, you guys. If you've listened from the beginning of this podcast, I was very into new age spirituality, crystals, tarot cards, witchcraft. I did cambo, which was frog poison. I would go to ceremonies, retreats, and It's a hamster wheel that never gets you anywhere, in my experience. And there is one God, there's one true God, the way, the truth, and the light, and that is Jesus Christ. So you don't have to agree with me, but I was a seeker for my 20s, and I found my way. Like, this is the way. So I hope that what I've said today on this episode may have shed some light on something for anyone out there. Maybe it is what you needed to hear, so you'll you'll leave, do what you need to do to leave. Um, If you need to slowly leave, if you need to wean yourself, that's okay. I think that um, 
it's it's too often that friends and family when they hear you're with someone shitty or you're you know unhappy that they're like I'll just block them I just block them and it's fucking annoying because it's not that easy especially when you're in a trauma bond like you it's not that easy to just block them you're bonded to them like subconsciously so some people most people can't just block these people so don't beat yourself up if your friends and family are getting mad at you that you don't you just want to block them. You can wean yourself. Just slowly get out. Slowly get out. And I can't stress this enough. Look for support. Look for groups, domestic violence groups, friends, churches, anyone that you can go talk to that will support you in this decision because you need people around that are that are helping you remember reality because if you don't have them blocked, they're probably going to contact you and distort that reality. They're trying to hoover and get you back and distort your reality of them. But don't forget the reality. Okay, my recording cut off a little bit, so I'm adding this in. But I wanted to just conclude this episode with saying that if anything um, I said, um, multiple things I said, are, are you're identifying with, with a person you've been with, you're trying to leave, you're still with, whatever, um, get out, please. For your own well-being, for maybe your potential, your kids, if you have kids, get out because this isn't going to get better. Um, You can't fix these people as much as you want to. Of course, you care for them. Of course, you love them. Of course, you fell for them because they painted this picture, but it's not who they really are. These people don't know how to love themselves. They don't know how to, to take care of other people because they are deeply wounded and I think it's even something far darker than that but the only thing we can do for ourselves is govern our self-worth above all else above all else we have to govern our self-worth and leave be done get out before you potentially get hurt love you guys